Hello, lovely single mums, and thank you for joining this podcast where we'll be talking about how to deal with difficult behaviour from children of divorce. My name is Lucy Good, and I am the founder of Beanstalk, an online space dedicated to supporting and inspiring single mums from all walks of life. And today, to talk about this fairly tricky subject, I'm speaking with Elizabeth Williamson. Now, Elizabeth has over 30 years experience working as a relationship counsellor and coach, um, and she is a conflict skills specialist. She's also an accredited mental health social worker and a mediator. She works with women, couples and families, as well as businesses, to help people learn what she calls conflict confidence. I love that phrase. Um, Elizabeth specialises in resolving arguments, quite simply, um, those we have with ourselves, in our families and in our workplaces. So welcome to the Beanstalk podcast, Elizabeth. Oh, delighted to be here, Lucy. Look, what you do is quite amazing, and I was thinking of it as I was preparing this podcast, but also just reading again about what you do. Um, I wish I knew you <laughs> while I was going through my own marriage breakup. You obviously have such a huge capacity to make a difference to people's lives, um, and it's quite an unusual thing to do, to jump in and help people with their conflict, because so often people run in the other direction when they see or hear conflict of any kind. So can I ask how you got into this and what it is about resolving conflict that interests you? Um, look, funnily enough, Lucy, um, I wasn't very good at conflict. So I kept finding myself in situations where I felt like I was to blame. Um, and... So that, was, that sort of sparked an interest in me. How can I be more successful when things get sticky or heated so I don't, you know, I'm not so reactive and I can be, um, I guess, you know, the lead the, the peaceful way out. I, I really had to struggle in my early years with that. Um, as a social worker, um, I started working with families in, you know, as a counsellor and really, a lot of the work we're doing is, is trying to solve the arguments we have in our own heads, uh, often things we've learned in our families that, that are really not helpful. And we need to take a step back and, and look at that. So because they, they drive the conflicts that we have in the families that we're creating with our children and our partners. And I've seen so many people, once they um, separate and divorce, continue that conflict often not realising what they're doing that's um, creating the tension, but really being sure they know what the other person is doing wrong. Mm. So I really like to help people be more comfortable with the mistakes we make along the way with our communication. Yeah, I, um, love, I love that story where, you know, you, you've, you've found that you've got a problem with yourself or you're struggling to deal with conflict yourself, so you try to educate yourself around it and you end up taking yeah. it a step further and are helping so many other people as well. It's just a great story to hear and it's how so many people end up starting businesses where they help others. Indeed. And I think I'm, my real driver is that I want um, women to be able to step up and, you know, say what they want very confidently and, and say no when they need to because we live in a culture where that's really hard to do. And teach their kids to be assertive and confident so that we, you know, we start to make the changes in our families, and workplaces and schools um, 
so that people can be more respectful and deal with the inevitable, you know, difficulties that we have as human beings in our relationships. Rather than shoving them under the carpet, as we do tend to do a lot of the time, and then they resurface <laughs> later on as, as bigger problems, don't they? Absolutely. Most people avoid issues and it just creates more problems. So if we can step up earlier and know what will work well, um, we're going to be happier and we're going to have more successful relationships. So true. Now, I've got some questions for you here based around our topic today, which is a really important one. I think people are going to be really interested in this. So how to deal with difficult behaviour from children of divorce, because all children have difficult behaviour at times, but it's slightly different for children of divorce. So it is a kind of a unique topic. Um, So look, my first question for you um, is, in your experience, is it usual to see a change in child's behaviour when their parents are separating? Um, And what's the most common theme of this behaviour? Look, some children manage well, but most children have a sense of grief um, and and a sense of losing control. One of my clients told me this, what her daughter said the other day about her uh, separation. She said, you know, it's not fair, mummy, and this girl's only five, it's not fair, mummy, you get to choose and I don't get to have a say about what's happening in our family. Um, I thought that was really eloquent for a five-year-old to say that. Mm. Um, and so children often, um, you know, they want parents to stay together and they're trying to solve real, really difficult, complex and highly emotional problems and they often don't have the language for it. And so they're, they're, um, they're trying to express you know, really difficult stuff. What, what the, the theme I think for most children is why, why me, why us? Mm. Um, what can I do that will change this? So there's often attempts to persuade um, and to, to challenge the decision. Sometimes, you know, something like that little girl did. Mm. I think the other um, thing that happened is that um, children often... Um, don't have the words to describe their emotions, so they act out things. Mm. So you get some some difficult reactions from children, um, tantrums and tears and um, sulking, or what we call sulking, sorry, withdrawing. And it's really up to, uh, it's a difficult thing for a single mum to take the lead in the relationship with children in this time because we've really got to guide them through it while we're also, you know, and I, you know, I've been a single mum, I know what that's like. Um, in a difficult relationship with my, the, you know, the father of my children, um, who wasn't cooperative, and um, you know, we, we can fall into overprotecting our kids so that they they feel uncomfortable about speaking um, and asking for support, or we can um, fall into the the difficulty of um, you know blaming the other parent. But I think we just got to guide our kids through difficult emotions while managing our own, and that's the big challenge: mm. managing our own difficult emotions when kids are getting upset. Yeah, and of course, as you say, everyone's feeling something different. So I think you usually have one parent who is very upset, another parent that is perhaps quite relieved, and then the children are going through a different emotion. So it's not like everyone's going through the same thing. Everyone's dealing with 
with, with, a, with different emotions, their own unique set of emotions. Um, mm. So that's very hard. And for, for adults, it's hard. But for children, um, it's even, even harder. Um, and yes, I've obviously been there myself and, and I can remember it. And I, I've been divorced or separated now for six years. And I have to say that still, even now, um, my children have issues with the separation um, as they grow older. Um, still so it's not something that happens right at the beginning um, well it does it happens right at the beginning with the initial the crisis period as I call it but it carries on going so it's I guess it's about being able to recognize and learn to know what these behaviors are that your children have and what they mean as they grow and they change so that you can deal with them on an ongoing basis it's not something that happens just at one time and then it's all over it does keep going um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's so important that we understand that often a child's behaviour is due to the separation um, and, and, and learn to recognise that. But can I ask you, why do you think difficult behaviour or acting out, as you mentioned it um, in a great way, I like that phrase, acting out, is something that they try during, you know, during this time? I think when kids are distressed, they're looking for the, a parent to have um, what uh, a great writer in this area, uh, Vanessa Lapont, describes as swagger. You know, that we need to be the rock in our children's lives. And um, if we're anxious, then children will pick that up and, and worry. Why, you know, why is everybody worried? Um so they're, they're really um, trying to make sense of something that is very, very difficult. And kids' behaviour is really problem-solving. You know, they're trying to solve problems in the best way they know, with each with their own personalities and each with their sense of the story of the family. And sometimes children feel very responsible for um, what's happening. I feel like they've contributed to the problem. So we need to really reassure them that this is adult decision-making um, and that they're secure and loved even if, you know, there's a challenge because, you know, kids believe love is stability and then here are two adults going, well, you know, we love you but, you know, we can't work together anymore. So kids are trying to make sense of that. Um, and I think that, you know, they're, they're dealing with such disruption to their lives. So routines change, they're moving between two homes, um, they may not like that. Sometimes kids do. They just actually think it's great fun. Uh, they have this in one house and that in the other, um, and they, you know, they manage to make that work really well. Um, so I think that um, we, as much as we can re-establish rituals and stability, we give kids room to um, raise things with us so they're not, you know, they're not confused, I guess. Um, and that's hard when you're going through it yourself. You know, as you said, six years down the track um, you can see the impact in your own life and with your children my kids are 31 and 29 and they still talk about mm. the impact of the difficulties mm. in, in our family's um, separation and change um, and I, I've learned to go well that is part of the story of who we all are but you know not getting guilty is a hard road for a parent and when we're guilty we tend to overreact to children's difficult behaviours, and, and and they're really they're just trying to express um, that they need our support and they need our reassurance 
often what we tend to do is that we tend to see the difficulty as naughty mm. or as challenging um, or it brings up our own, you know, family of origin issues and, and we're in that area where we've got to learn something new about parenting skills, which is really challenging. Mm. Well, I mean, parenting is, is difficult enough, isn't it? And it's an interesting question, really, when I look back at what I asked you, you know, why why do, um, you know, kids have this sometimes quite difficult behaviour or act out during a separation? Well, we as adults do it, don't we? Because mm-hmm. we're running blind as well. So we behave in ways that aren't right and we're trying to we try and manipulate the situation and change things but we're unable um to do it and we we do it wrong so it's no wonder that kids get it wrong as well so yeah we have to give them a little bit of um space i think around this time because the whole family's running blind and trying to do the right thing um, and acting in certain ways hoping it will get certain results and children more so um, than us and again you know thank you for bringing up the um the point of children taking feeling that they're to blame because that's such a a big thing isn't it so many children believe they've done something wrong and um, they can fix it um, and so many of the behaviors that they have can definitely be linked to them trying to make it work or feeling very down because they feel that they've done something wrong so that's something that we certainly have to look out for but so what would be your top tips to prevent and cope with the said difficult behavior from our children during our separation look I think um, I think the relationship that you have with your children is the very very first thing that you need to think about um, and we've all got faults and flaws um, and I think our, the first thing we've got to do is know what to do when a kid's angry or upset or withdrawn that keeps ourselves calm. You know, you've got to keep calm when your kids are upset and that when you're stressed and struggling with separation divorce can be a real challenge. Um, and I think that we don't have to solve everything. I think we don't have to solve the problem. We really need to help children work it through themselves and that means um, um, being able to stay connected to um, our child when they're behaving in ways it would appear they're pushing us away so it's really important when a kid's angry to sometimes just be able to sit next to them and say look I can see you're really angry and I'm just going to sit here and, you know, I'm going to sit in a distance where you're not going to hit me, if that's something that kids do. <laughs> but I'm going to wait because, you know, I really trust that, you know, you're going to calm down and, and we, can, we can work this out together. And you, we need to show the kids how to calm down. Mm. I, I, I think sending a kid into timeout alone when they don't know how to calm down well um, makes them feel very isolated. So there are some times we've got to actually go, you know, like, we need a break, you go to your room. I'll be there shortly. We just need to give reassurance that we're not creating the distance. Um, And I think that um, we're helping children say that it's okay to be angry, it's okay to be sad, it's okay to be worried about the other parent and how they're coping. Um, It's okay to be um, jealous of another friend that has their family together, you know, whatever the child's experiencing. And we just stay curious with them. So, you know, you sit on the end of the bed and, um, you say, look, I, you know, I've got this with you and, and we will work it out together, whatever's happening. 
it's so reassuring for a child to know that um, even when I'm upset, my mum's going to stay calm and she's not going to blame me and she's going to help me understand all this stuff happening in my body and all this confusing thinking and um, she's, you know, she's my rock. Mm. That's, that's really the first thing that's important. I think the second thing is to not assume we know what's happening for a child and to take over and tell them what they need to do. Um, we need to um, help them solve that problem by just having a conversation, you know. Mm. Wow, you got really upset with your little brother then. Um, and I'm wondering if it's just really hard to solve problems at the moment and really hard, you know, to... Um, to do with, with him getting all the attention. Do you, you know, he's sometimes a bit lonely. Um, just ask questions because the child will tell you yes or no rather than say, I think you're lonely, you know, I'm telling you what's happening. Mm. So that curiosity and that, that conversation where we get we enable the kid to go, yes, it's a bit like this or no, it's a bit like that, um, really helps them solve the problem because if we can help them solve the problem, they get to have that sense of control. Like that little girl was talking about at the beginning, you know, she can't have what she wants, but she can, we can help her, when I was coaching a mum about is helping her have the best relationship with both parents. And that was really reassuring for her. So mm. she can't have what she wants, but her mum's, we, we talked about her mum saying, yeah, but you know what, I'm really going to help you have the best relationship with both of us. Mm. Everything I'm going to do is about you having fun with both of us mm. equally. And, and she sort of perked up and then, you know, did the other things that five-year-olds do. So we just take small moments sometimes are really important. Yeah, yeah. And I actually would like to throw a resource out there. I read a brilliant book um, probably about, oh, it was years ago now, um, probably well, I was still living in England, actually, so over 10 years ago, and it's called How to Talk So Your Kids Will Listen and Listen So Your Kids Will Talk. And it's so similar to what you've just been talking about, Elizabeth. It's about saying... Mm. List, you know, if it's like when your kids say, I'm cold, and you say, you can't be cold. Yeah. How can you possibly be cold? But hold on, they've just told you they're cold. <laughs> so you mustn't brush off how they feel and tell them they feel differently. Um, but instead, if you listen to what they say, uh, then they're going to talk to you more. And I think that's very much what you're saying, isn't it? Sit down yeah. and listen to them and respect what they're saying, rather than you know, I can remember my eldest, she's 15 now, and only last year at school, um, you, I had um, one of the teachers email me about an issue, and she said, my goodness, I thought you guys had divorced only very recently, the way she still goes on about it at school. Um, and, you know, it was, it was five years ago that we divorced. Mm-hmm. So I almost, I had a bit of a go at my daughter saying, oh, come on, you know, you can't keep using this as an excuse. But the fact is, it was still an issue that she had, and I didn't recognise that. And I suppose that puts it out there. We, we all also make a lot of mistakes, don't we, when we communicate with our children. Um, but I learned from that one. But, yeah, listening and understanding and respecting their feelings mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. chatting to them about them is really important. And I love the way that you, you answered that question because you put it beautifully. <laughs> I love the title of that book. That's a great, it's exactly nailed it. Yeah. There's another great resource, and I mentioned Vanessa LaPointe. Um, that's point with an E on the end. But she has a great book called Discipline Without Damage. And um, I think she's a single mum as well. But she is a lovely resource, and, and she has a great, uh, some great resources. Of, you know, I think between the two of us, we've mentioned some great 
Yeah. Well, I just, I'm just making a note of that one now because I'm going to do a blog post um, soon, you know, just mm. with some really good books to help people through this period. So I've just made a note of that. So, um, and um, I always get something from these podcasts. I just love doing them. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we'll move on to, to the next question. So, look, all children push the boundaries, as we know, as mothers. Um but are there any red flags we should look out for that suggest our child is really suffering and we need to take further action? Oh, look, I think there is. I think that, you know, when children's um, anxiousness and worry becomes very generalised, so um, they start to be worried about um, their friendships, um, going to school, um, bad things happening, um, it, you know, I think that's a bit of a red flag. Um, or where kids withdraw for you know, quite extended periods and it's mm. really hard to engage them. And I think that um, um, the other really significant issue is when kids start in any sense of self-harming. So it might be just you know, digging nails into their skin a bit or banging their head or you know, more serious things. You know, but young children um, can often show signs of distress that we've got to, we've got to support them with um and i think i think it's really important to first of all look at how your relationship with your child can be supported so you can help them work through this so it's difficult if we say the child has the problem you know i often work with parents and children together um, to help the parent manage their responses and help improve the conversation between the child and the parent so um, that's my approach. Sometimes it's really important that children have their own um, counsellor they can talk to and a safe space to do that. And I think it's really important to look for a counsellor who will include you in that so that while there's confidentiality for the child in their conversation with the counsellor, the counsellor is going to make sure there's some feedback to you so that you have confidence in um, and know what to do to follow up with. Mm. Um, I, also, I also think that, you know, refusing to go to school is a big issue sometimes for children. Um, and the other really critical thing is if there's any indicators of abuse mm. um, with the other parent. Now, we often get hypersensitive to that as mums, um, particularly when we don't know quite what's going on. And kids can give some confusing stories. Um, ringing the child protection service is one thing, but it may not respond in much uh, may not lead to much response because they're really overwhelmed and, and we've got to be careful we don't confront the other parent and make things worse. Um, so I think talking to a professional about that is really helpful. Um, we all have mandated reporting responsibilities, so we need to act. But sometimes um, kids are raising small issues that if we can help them manage better, then they get more confidence in, in you know saying no to stuff. Mm. So... You know, I think that um, we need to not overreact because then we just create more fear for the child. Mm. In that yes, of course. Yes, that's I totally get that. Yeah, sometimes you you don't. Yeah, if you overreact, you actually man, manif- manifest the problem for them, don't you? And make it a bigger yeah. thing. Yeah, they feel like they're now you know something bad's happening in the other home, um, or you know, and now they're responsible for you getting upset. I mean, I think, you know, we, it's okay to cry in front of your kids or be worried in front of your kids, and, but we just need to let them know that that's what people do and that we've got some strategies in place to sort that out, whether it's talking with a professional, 
counsellor or having a good friend who, you know, will take a neutral position or, you know, family member. As long as we've got support, um, we're modelling to the, our kids that, it, it, you know, they, they can develop that themselves around friendships and in their, with their peers mm. um, or talk to a school counsellor or, you know, get the support they need. Yeah. And always trust your gut with your kids. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that um, I think when we respond to the small issues calmly and consistently, we don't let them escalate. But but sometimes kids really struggle to tell you what's going on. So my daughter at fourteen just stopped going to school when she was with me. Went to school when she was with her father, and you know I, I felt like she was sort of manipulating me um, and making me the bad guy in the situation. Um, and I, we couldn't resolve it. You know, she was just sneaking off. And so it went on for some months and the school didn't manage it all that well either. But finally I just went, I just, we just drove up to this lovely view over the city and sat in the car. Kids are in a car, you can talk to them. And I just asked her how she was feeling and, you know, what was happening. And she was just really flat and low. Um, school was boring. Um, her dad was challenging her about a few things. And she could get away with it at my house. So that was her problem solving was it? She, she could sneak off while I went to work, but she couldn't quite do it with her dad who drove her to school. Mm. Um, so she wasn't out to challenge me. She was trying to solve the problem of I'm really bored at school and I've fallen in love with days of our lives. So she would sneak back home <laughs> and watch the TV. <laughs> she was just a 14-year-old's do. Anyway... I just started talking to you about what's it like to be a bit depressed. Not that she was depressed, but what it was like to to struggle with your thinking and feel really low and know, not know what to do. And and she just that rang a chord. We we found some words for her to describe what was happening. And I stopped feeling guilty or ang or angry. It's one of the things I was feeling as well, um, and challenged. And then could help her solve that problem. So, you know, we worked out some some things that she could do and change the situation and we work with the school a bit better and mm. but we get it wrong so easily you know, we do we're just that space for making mistakes and um you know the kids are struggling to work out what's happening in their lives so that they won't come to us often um until they you know until we see the behavior mm. and they're really trying to communicate something to us in, in their their wonderful clumsy way yeah Look, we, we've got one more question. We are running out of time a little bit, so we'll speed through this one, but I do want to make sure we include it. So we've already mentioned that um, outside resources can be really important for children, often because they don't like to be seen, they don't like to talk to their parents because it can be seen as siding with one of the parents. So where can we or they go to find the support that they need around these problems? Um. I think um, your GP is a great first stop. Um, GPs can refer you with a mental health care plan to a counsellor. And um, so if you're looking for that sort of um, talking support with someone, um, then that that's a, can be an inexpensive way. Um, I think that we have to keep updating our parenting skills probably every you know, two or three years. So I think looking for resources like the books that we've mentioned and mm. taking time to update your skills and going, wow, I've got to learn something more about myself here and about the, the personality of my child. And um, um, I think it's, uh, you know, I think that some of the state, the government parenting sites have some really, really useful information. So um, 
that's that's another really useful resource. Um, Counsellors are like hairdressers. Sometimes you have to shop around to find mm-hmm. the one that fits for you. Yeah. So uh, don't be shy of um, asking to talk to the counsellor beforehand to get a feel for them. Um, I'm very happy to speak to people for you know, 10 or 15 minutes before an appointment. Not everyone is, but I'm very happy to do that uh, because I think it's really important to um, uh, assist people as a consumer to, to make the right choice. Um, and I think that um, sometimes the school counsellor can be a really useful resource that, that um, talking to them can help you just get a sense of what's happening in the school and they often have links of lots of resources as well. So. Um, and, and sometimes our friends are really, really useful people. Sometimes they're part of the problem, but yes. sometimes they can be <laughs> wonderful resources of ideas and where to go. And, uh, yes, I, I find with friends, you have certain friends who you are certain things, <laughs> depending on Absolutely. the advice you're after. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so I think that, and I think, you know, obviously, um, there's so much good information out with podcasts and on the web that... Mm. Um, if you search a bit, you can find, you know, I often just find things because I'm looking and searching and then, mm, yes. you know, find a good book and, and find it in the library or recommend it to a client and people often bring things to me as well. So, But yes, mm. also the red flag with that is just to make sure that if you do find information online, make sure it's from a, an expert in the area, um, like this podcast is, you know, you've got plenty, loads and loads of experience to offer us, um, but there are a lot of people out there who are just offering advice based on their own experiences, which is okay, but it sometimes isn't what you need. So just make sure that you're getting the right advice from people who really know what they're talking about and they've got expert and um, experience to offer. Um, Absolutely. And, and, you know, evaluate what you read. Look, there's another great resource, which would be the Gottman Institute. They have lots of blogs and um, uh, they've got a great Facebook feed. So, and that's a, w- a well-researched uh, leader in uh, families and relationships. So, you know, I think if you go to somewhere like some of the resources that we've talked about and see who they are linking with, then I think you can be confident with the sources. That yeah, you that you're getting good advice. Yeah. Look, we are definitely running out of time now. We could go on and on, I'm sure, and perhaps there's more for another podcast, another day. But before we finish up, um, I know that you've got a special for the listeners today, the Single Mum Beanstalk listeners. So can you just tell us about that and also let them know where they can find you if they'd like to have a chat with you or find out more about what you do to help them with their own personal situation? Certainly. So uh, my website is, it's a long one, it's Elizabeth Williamson Solutions, Vanessa.com. Um, and I have a, a Facebook page, uh, which is Elizabeth Williamson Solutions as well. So I write and uh, regularly, and uh, I've got lots of resources around all sorts of relationship issues on the website. Um, and I'm really happy to talk to people by Skype and Zoom. So um while I'm based in Adelaide, I talk to people all around the country. Um, so, you know, what I'd like to offer today is an opportunity for a free, um, you know, 15-minute conversation to anyone who'd like to just, um, you know, explore an issue and see whether I can assist at all or, you know, is curious about resources. And I'm always interested in people's questions and um, uh, issues so that I can, you know, respond to those and, and create resources that are really useful. 
Yeah. Um, so one of the things I've got on my um, website is um, just talking about emotion coaching, which is what we've been, that's the sort of technical term for what we've been talking about today, um, helping kids um, work at their emotions and um, helping, you know, with the listening and the guiding that we need to take on board. And uh, so I, people can also ring me. Um, my mobile is 0400-219-120 and, and serve a pre- free consult that way as well. Okay, and where when I put this podcast live onto the Beanstalk website, there will be a link going straight through to Elizabeth's website as well to make it super easy. So um, thanks so much for that, Elizabeth, and for the offer of the, the free chat as well, because that's always so helpful. Um, it's just been so interesting to talk to you, and I know that our listeners will have got so much value um, from our conversation. I know I have. Um, can I just say that it's wonderful to have people like you in the world? I consider you a kind of a peace fairy going around and helping people to resolve their conflicts. <laughs> I'm called a peace fairy, but I quite like that. Really, yeah, you, you, you can claim that. You can have that peace fairy. I think you are. It's wonderful that there's somebody out there who can actually help. And as we were saying, not only conflicts within families, but also work conflicts and conflicts within our ourselves as well so look Elizabeth thank you for educating us on how we can parent better during this difficult time and thank you for sharing your wisdom and knowledge with us so freely today my, absolutely my pleasure Lucy I think the work that you're doing with Beanstalk and uh, Single Mum Vine is just so important and um, it's just a delight to be here and a great a great um Uh, opportunity to contribute so thank you thank you and to all the single mums listening parenting is hard and we all know that parenting during a separation is harder still my advice is to try not to waste time worrying about whether you're getting it right instead take time to learn and understand how you can guide your children with empathy with consistency and understanding whatever their age and however they're behaving. (laughs) Until next time, ladies, goodbye.